Hey, what's up, church family? Happy Father's Day to all the guys out there today. <laughs> Come on, walking on those Legos. Man, that is so me at my house. That is for sure, man. So glad that you guys are here. And again, to all the guys, man, happy Father's Day. All the men in the house, we just celebrate you. We thank God for you. And uh, man, just uh, I tell you what, we're better because of you too. That is for sure. Uh, thankful for all those watching online with us today. And happy Father's Day to you. Come on, church family. Will you just welcome all those watching online with us? I want to just say a happy Father's Day to my dad. I love you so much. I thank God for you, and, and uh, thanks for always just believing in me, encouraging me, loving me, and, and you're the best, and so just celebrate you today as well. Well, uh, one of the ways that we're helping to celebrate Father's Day is come on the donut wall with Rise and Roll. Come on, it ain't just any donut, by the way, all right? Those are Jesus donuts. Come on, somebody, all right? And so, <laughs> you never had rise and roll, you'll thank us later, I promise you that, all right? And uh, there's root beer, all that uh, sort of thing, too, on your way out today. And so, just a way to just celebrate all the guys. You can get a picture as well uh, out there. And so, man, just a great, great day, and uh, we're excited. So, I want to get right into the message here uh, this morning, just because uh, uh, God has really put something on my heart for us today, and for us guys specifically, but also ladies, this will be a message that will really impact you as well. I really believe that. And then uh, we're going to end our services a little bit differently, uh, just even the message today. And so just uh, just kind of buckle in. So grab your message notes, and, and uh, we're going to jump right in, because we're going to look at one of the, really kind of one of my favorite guys to look at in, in Scripture, and his name was Samson. Anybody ever see the movie Samson that came out some time ago? Anybody ever see that? Yeah, a few of you. All right, cool. And so you'll have a little bit of an understanding of it, but, um, but he was probably one of the most frustrating guys in the Bible to ever read about. And um, frustrating in the sense that all the potential in the world, all the potential in the world, and man, he just, uh, I, mean, I mean, had supernatural strength. God called him from a place of just birth and really set him apart. And his uh, biggest calling in his life was to deliver uh, the Israelites out from the hands of the Philistines. Uh, I want to read a scripture to you in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, and it says this. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Would you read that with me, everybody? For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise. Man, I love that verse because here's what I know. It's an indication that you and I are going to have some times in our life that we're going to fall down. And even though that, uh, man, we have known God for a long time or maybe we're new at discovering who he is, no matter where we're at in this race and in this journey, we're all going to have moments where we're going to fall. Uh, but the righteous part of you, the God part of you, is not going to allow you to stay there. Uh, that's the part of you that's, that's most like God, the spirit part of you that's going to cause you to rise up again in Jesus' name. And Samson was somebody who had an incredible call in his life, who was a strong man, but had an incredibly and very dangerously weak will in his life. Samson, it seemed like, and, and maybe you and I can relate because I know that I can, he just seemed to mess up again, again, and again. How many of you ever felt like that in your life? Like, man, I just, I just keep feeling like I just keep tripping over some of us, maybe even the same stuff. And he broke his vow with God by going after women he shouldn't have went after, by touching things he shouldn't have touched, by drinking things he should have never drank. And he got a really also bad haircut uh, in, in Scripture, too, that he should have never gotten that bad haircut. And so, but the problem with Samson and, and part of what allowed him to be in such a dangerous place is that he was emotionally led 
and driven by his feelings. And your emotions and your feelings will get you in trouble. Uh, if you're like me, at some point or another, you have probably made decisions in your life that were emotionally led or, or feelings driven. And if you're like me, in that sense, just like Samson, when you made those decisions, man, it, it did one or two things, got you in big time trouble, or it caused some major delay in your life. And so Samson is in a place that uh, he was uh, honestly in a place where because he was led by his feelings and emotion, it really cost him. And it cost him big time, and we're going to see that. But here's what I know about people. Most people don't ruin their lives, uh, you know, one, uh, most people don't ruin their lives at once, but they ruin it kind of really uh, at one decision at a time or one step at a time. It's just kind of almost becomes very progressive. And so Samson was supposed to be in a place of delivering God's people, but now he finds himself as a prisoner. And as he's in prison, the Bible tells us that his eyes were actually gouged out. Think about that. You thought you had a tough day. All right. The Philistines, and this is how they did it, they actually burned his eyes first, and a little graphic here on a Sunday morning, and then they dug out the remains. And that's just the way they did it to him. And then he found himself in a place of being in shackles and being in prison, everyone mocking him, calling him all kinds of names. And his condition, I think, raises a question to you and I, and that is this, that what do you do when you feel like you've just blown it? What do you do when you feel like you have wasted so many years of your life? Because here is, is where Samson is, at, is Samson is at. He's in this place that he is feeling like, man, I've just blown it. Because how many know you can't get back that time? You can't go back and redo some of those things as much as you and I would want to do that. And so uh, the problem for us is, is even for us men, this is one of the things I know, is that this type of failure we take very personally. Men and women value very different things. For the ladies, you receive a lot of your value in relationships. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of women and everything is about relationships. You even go to the restrooms together, all right? It's just, it's just a thing y'all do, all right? For men, uh, we don't, really don't care as much as who likes us, all right? But did we win? Did we conquer? Did we overcome? Um, and, you know, we, we're in a place that no guy, is, you know, to my knowledge, has ever said to his guy friend, you know, hey, let's, let's go to the bathroom together. You know what I mean? Like, just never heard that. And actually, we have a rule in the bathroom as guys. I mean, ladies, you probably don't know this, but when we're in the bathroom, we make no eye contact. I mean, like, when we're using the restroom, it's eyes on the wall, all right? And if you look around and you make eye contact, you have lost your man card at that point, all right? So it's just kind of that unsaid rule that we know as men. And so for men, though, it's not about do you like me, but do you respect me? That's a huge thing for us men. And so here's what I know, if you want to jot this down this morning, that a, that a man's greatest fear is failure and greatest pain is regret. I know it's significant for me times that I feel like I've failed or times that I've got regret in my life. In other words, when we don't live up to the expectations of people or someone else, man, we feel the weight of that. For some guys, it may be your career, that you feel like your career is beneath you, that you're living paycheck to paycheck and all your buddies are, seem like they're doing a lot better than you and it feels like an absolute failure. For you, for some, it may be a guy that regrets not getting married. Maybe years later, he felt like he missed it. He should have treated her better, should have uh, taken better care of her and loved her more. And now he figured out, man, I was a jerk then, and I missed my opportunity with her. It could be the guy whose marriage today is finds himself struggling, and his marriage is, is pathetic. The marriage isn't good. He knows it. She knows it. But he's not man enough to step up to actually do anything about it. 
And so sometimes it's, it's even, it's not the outward failure, but sometimes it's the inward failure that nobody sees as well. It's the promise, it's a promise that maybe you've made to yourself or you made to God that, man, I'll never do this again, it'll never happen again, but then you find yourself doing it again and it's happening again. And so it becomes a repeated cycle. And the Bible says this in Psalm chapter 37, it's the Lord who directs the steps of the godly that he delights in every detail of their lives. I love that God delights in every detail, the small ones and the big ones in our life, that he's a God and he's a relational God that's interested in every area, small or big, in our life. Amen? And it says, and though they stumble, again, here's a reminder that God understands. You know, when God sent his son Jesus to earth, he was fully God but yet fully man, and so he understands that we're gonna stumble at times, but even though we stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And I'm, I'm thankful today that even when I mess up and I screw things up a lot of times, that you know what, in the midst of God's grace and faithfulness, that he's not going to allow me to fall because of his relationship in my life. He's holding my hand and encouraging me and rooting me on again. Hey, let's continue to move forward. Let's continue to learn from this. Let's make some decisions. And that really is what my message is about today, is making some decisions in your life that, that maybe have prevented you from living the best life that God has for you to making some decisions and saying, man, I'm not staying where I'm at, but I'm going to allow God and his power and his strength to deliver me from what I'm facing. And I think Samson's story, as we continue to learn on today, teaches us some things, and it teaches us something that I think that we have to embrace, and that is this. It's the principle that just because you have failed at something does not mean that you are a failure. All right, just because you've made mistakes in your life, just because you've fallen on your face before, does not mean that you are a failure. In fact, jot this down. A failure is an event, never a person. Satan will try to lie to you and I and tell you that you and I are a failure. The mistakes or the sins in which we have committed has then uh, allowed us or defined us to be people of failure. But a failure, again, is never an event. Or it, the fa a failure is an event, excuse me, never a person. And so we just need to remember, regardless of what we face and even the things within our past, that that does never have to define us. And definitely what Satan or people have said to you doesn't have the last word. God always has the last word on your life. Amen? And so we need to remember that. And we will see in Samson's life a man who failed over and over and over and over again. And it, when it looks like he failed too much, too much for God to ever love him or use him, we will see a God who uses him despite his mess-ups, who accomplishes his purposes through a man who repeatedly just could not get it right. And I'm just here to tell somebody here this morning, just because you may be down today does not mean that you are out. Just because you're facing difficult trials or situation doesn't mean that you are out of this thing. If you failed at something, you are not a failure. Do not believe the lies of the enemy today. And here's the thing that I love about our God, which is why I love our vision so much of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. Here's why. is because there's a lot of Christians in the world, listen to me, that just stay at the place of just knowing God or just knowing about God, but never really experiencing the full-on weight of who God is and his glory by getting the freedom that we so desperately need. I've just learned this a long time ago in my life. When I went through the season of darkness of pornography, I realized I cannot do this by myself. 
that I've got to get honest with God and I've got to get honest with people and get the necessary help that I need in order to see victory and deliverance come once and for all in my life in Jesus' name. And so the decision is not one that I can ever make for you, nor would I ever want to do such a thing. You've got to have enough within you that says, I'm tired of living where I'm at and I'm ready for some free, uh, for, for some lasting freedom to come to my life. And that's the place that God is with where he's at with us. In other words, he loves us enough that he will not allow us to, he doesn't want us to stay where we're at. He loves us enough to, 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 to continue to challenge us and bring conviction in our life because he really does, does have freedom for our life. And so we need to continue to get focused on the freedom that God has and whatever the level, wherever you may be at, and the devil trying to lie to you. I'm just telling you, there's more for your life. There's freedom for your life. For some of us, it's like, man, we've been hung up on just these struggles and addictions for so long. And I'm just telling you, there's a way out. And it's going to take honesty today with you and God. And I'm just encouraging you, let's take the step. Let's, let's pick up some of this story here with Samson in Judges 16. It says, the Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. So their God is named Dagon, all right? They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now uh, in our power. If you read in your Bibles in, in chapter 15, you'll, you'll see what Samson did to them. I mean, he just wiped them out. The brother had it going on. I mean, he put Hercules to shame. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, he, if you read in chapter 15, you'll read that he took uh, 300 foxes and torches to destroy their crops. Then he used a jawbone uh, of a donkey and killed over 1,000 men. Come on, somebody. Like Hercules who, right? You know? And he goes on to say, half drunk by now, the people demanded. They said, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. Because now they're making fun of him, belittling him. So he was brought out from the prison to amuse them. And there would have been in this temple or type of Colosseum around three to 5,000 people. And they would worship at this event. They would worship their god, Dagon. And their god, Dagon, uh, was this you know, sculpture, this statue who had a man head with a fish body. So he was a man fish god. All right? Imagine, imagine that. All right? And so I, here's, what I, here's what I think. I know some of you just got that image. It's really weird, isn't it? But here's two, two responses to failure that I know that we need to understand. The first one, number one, is this, that there's the natural response. The natural response to failure is remorse. Unfortunately, this is where a lot of even us men stop. This is a lot of where I think even women, and it's not just men, us men, but remorse is a place where we feel bad about what we did. Sometimes it turns real inward. And we just start declaring ourselves a failure, that we have no future. Man, I hate my life. And then sometimes it can turn outward as well and, and play the card that I'm the victim. Uh, it's your fault, not my fault, and so remorse. But here's the other response to failure, and that's number two, is the better response is repentance. The better response is repentance. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 says, Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Man, I love that verse so much. There's, there's times of refreshing that will come. Listen, this is the cool part, of, uh, cool part about our God and his love, is that when you and I own it and we take responsibility for it, that God does not weigh us down with condemnation. Only the enemy does that. But what God will do is 
If he'll put anything on you, it'll be his love and his grace to want to help see you through it. And I'm just encouraging you today that no matter what it is in your life, there is nothing too big for God that he cannot handle in your life. And so it takes the responsibility. And then I love that part of this verse because when you and I own it and when we take responsibility of it, that times of refreshing will come. There's just something about the truth, Scripture says, that will set you free. And so it's, it's, it's I, you know, I'm owning it. When I was in a place, uh, when I was in that darkness of struggling with pornography, I had to come to an honest place with myself and with God and then with people. And I had to come to the place of honesty to say, this is my selfishness and my decisions. Because that is exactly what pornography is. It's, and uh, most sin, and, and if not really all of sin, is selfishness. It's driven by the instant gratification of what you want and not caring about anybody else and the impact that it may have. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go. It will always cost you more than you want to pay, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. And so you just got to remember that sin is not our friend. Look at the person next to you and say, sin ain't my friend. All right? <laughs> I'm, so in other words, I'm owning it, but here's the key that I'm turning away from it. I'm making the decision out of my place of repentance, that's what it means is a change of direction, that I'm going to turn away from that which is wrong to turn to that which is right. And remorse, what that does is just focuses on the bad, but repentance turns from the lower ways to embracing the higher ways of God. And so there are just some things that, you know, I've had in my life that you just can't undo. How many of you know there's just some things in your life that you can't undo? And I'll, ne I'll never forget some time ago that um, it's been some years ago, and I was in a group text, and thank God, thank God, it was with some of my buddy friends, and, and um, you know, and, and I'm married, and so I, I was sending a spicy text to my wife. And yes, you can already know what happened. And so that spicy text went to all my friends. It was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever had. And then all of them re coming back to me, teasing me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you know, you just, there's some things you just can't undo, you know? And I'm thinking, so that forever taught me to be extremely careful when I text. Amen, everybody. Lesson of the day for some of us, I'm telling you. All right? And so here's what I know, that you and I are called to be set apart. You and I aren't called to look like the rest of the world. We're called to be set apart by God. First Peter 1 says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And I just believe that God is calling us back to a place of holiness, calling a place to us. And to me, a place of holiness is, is a deeper level of just of pursuit with God and getting closer and closer to him, loving what he loves, but hating what he hates. And so you can fulfill the commands of God. I want to give you something here. It's not in your notes, but you need to hear this. You can fulfill the commands of God better by being in love with him than just trying to obey him. All right? And, and, and let me say, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to say that being obedient is not important because it is. All right? But there's a difference between I want to do this and a difference between I have to do this. The want and the desire is because I love you, God. I want to pursue and I want to do what you want. Some of us are fighting major temptations even right now. And you're fighting temptations and, and trying to be able to get through this. Here's what I've learned about temptations in my life and coming out of that season of darkness where I was at. That temptations, guess what, are not a test of your self-control, but it's always a test of your relationship with God. It'll really indicate how you are doing in your relationship with God. How are you progressing in your relationship with God? So again, temptations are not a test of my self-control. It's always a test of your relationship and how you're doing 
with God. And so, uh, guess what? Other women aren't attractive to me when I'm in love with Bethany. I'm not, I'm not focused on anybody else because she's the love of my life. Same can be said for your relationship with God, man. Nothing else is going to take away my focus because I want to do what's right, and I want to honor him in my relationship with him. Amen? And so when we get saved, we're called to be set apart. So all of a sudden, man, we don't, we don't embrace the things that we used to embrace, the things that used to weigh us down and pull us down. That's the part of repentance is that change of direction in our life. Because guess what? Growth is a choice. And I'm just encouraging us in this to make the choice to grow and make the hard decisions as well to grow closer to God, choosing to grow your relationship with him, not just talk about it. How many know talk can be real cheap sometimes, amen? And so you can't grow alone. Guess what? You need church. You need growth track. You need small groups. You need friends. I loved our small group this past week. We do ours on Tuesday morning at Cosmos, and man, it was just, man, we just got into an incredible discussion just about grace and about who God is, because we were talking about some of this, actually, what we're talking about today, and the struggles and the, the fights that sometimes that we have as men, and to be able to pursue God and, and, and not just get over it, but finally break free from it, but to understand that God gives us grace in the season that we're going through. He sees our heart. I'm so glad that God sees our heart. Amen. And so he sees our heart, and he wants us to do that. And grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not a permission slip to sin. Grace is that empowerment that God is saying, even in the midst of your struggle, I want you to know that I'm never going to quit loving you. I'm never going to quit believing in you. I'm going to continue to see you through this until freedom comes in Jesus' name. And I'm so thankful that I have a God that never gives up on me when I make mistakes. Amen? And so John 14, that's why I love this verse. I talked about it last week, and let me encourage you, if you missed last week's message, please make sure you go down and, and, and please go watch it. I mean, just listen to it, whatever you do. And uh, we just talked about having a heart for what matters. We came off of our serve weekend, but I really want to encourage you that there's a lot within that message, and, and, and just the way the service ended in all three services was powerful, and God just calling us to a place of, of just being higher with him and embracing the call of God for his, for, for his life and his purpose for us. And so I want to encourage you to go do it. But it says this, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And so if you love, if you will love me, in other words, you'll do what I want you to do. And a lot of times this verse used to freak me out because I was like, man, Lord, I feel like it's so hard to, to follow after your commands. I feel like this is a difficult thing to do. This is a struggle for me to do. But when I had a view of God that wasn't geared towards relationship and it was geared towards religion, this verse was hard. But when I shifted into understanding God's heart for me and that this truly is a relationship, all right, a, a God that I serve not out of duty or obligation, but because I want to, I fell in love with this verse because I begin to read it this way. Man, if you love me, ah, you'll do what I tell you. And that's the way it began to look to me is, man, I, I want to do what he wants for my life. I don't want to do what I want to do because I understand that his ways are always better than mine. And I've learned that the hard way. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And so repentance says, I'm not going to allow what I did to stop me from pursuing God's will in my life. I cannot change my past, but I can change my future. I will not stay where I'm at, but I'm gonna move forward into the purpose that God has. So in other words, you cannot internalize the failure because you are not what you did. All right, you need to remind yourself today that I am not what I did. I am not who, who that was even years ago. Let's pick up this story. This is, this is pretty radical, pretty cool. 
Judges 16. Watch what happens. And it says this, and they had him, uh, him being Samson, stand between the pillars supporting the roof. And Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. Remember, this guy's blind now. He says, I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. And Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me. I mean, you hear the heart cry of this man just one more time. And this is what he was saying. In other words, he's saying, God, I know that I've blown it a thousand times. But God, would you find it in your love and in your mercy to give me another chance? And the end of that verse says, and with one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. I mean, Noah, you'd want to pay somebody back for the loss of your two eyes, right? Samson is in a place, and I love this about where he's at right now, because this is what it shows us, where he is absolutely broken. And I don't know if you've ever been broken before the Lord, but I pray that you have a broken experience with God. Say, man, pastor, what do you mean by that? I mean, I mean where you just realize that, man, there is nothing in this life that is more important than God and his will and his desire for your life. That you become so desperate. I mean, there's been times in my life that I've been so desperate for his direction, his leading. Man, I want to become a better husband. I want to become a better father. I want to become a better pastor and leader. And I just realized there is nothing within the strength of Kyle Mills that can ever make that a reality. That I am so desperate for God and his power that I only know that if I will seek after him and pursue God, that I know that he'll give me the strength He'll give me the anointing to be the man of God that I need to be for my wife and my family and, man, for others that I come in contact with. That I realize, man, there's nothing in this life that I can do without him. And from this moment forward, Samson is in a place saying, God, whatever strength that I have left, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to make this about me any longer. He's at the darkest place of his life, but yet here he is calling out loudly to the Lord. And he's at his lowest point. Even though he's at his lowest point, he has one of his most powerful private moments with God. And here's what I know, that even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. Even in the midst of our mess-ups, God can still accomplish his purposes. So what was God's purpose for Samson? When we look back to seeing his purpose, it was that he would help to deliver God's people. Judges chapter 16 says this, then Samson put his hands, I mean imagine, put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. The Bible says, pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with these Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people, so he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. That's a pretty radical story. Even in your failures, God can still use you. You are not what you did. You need to hear that today. You are, you are not what you did. Failure is an event, never a person. You need to remind yourself of that today. And, and I just want to encourage us even here today that guess what? If you aren't dead today, then God's not done with you. 
And you need to realize there's a, there's a purpose of why breath is still flowing through your body, why your heart's still pitter-patting right now, because God is not done with you yet. And there's still a purpose, there's still a destiny, regardless of what your past, the devil is so good at trying to remind you and I of how bad we were or our decision-making was. And you know what? That was our past, but it doesn't have to determine our future. And I'm just telling you today, don't let the things of the past continually try to creep up in your present to then dictate your future. Enough is enough. And I just believe there's some people here today that you need to push back and push down the pillars in your life and quit allowing those things to determine your walk and determine who you are anymore in Jesus' name. And I'm just telling you, for some of you, it may be a pillar or pillars that you need to push down today in the mighty name of Jesus. And I promise you this, I promise you, if you will get serious about whatever those pillars are, I promise you God will get serious about it with you. But you can't just continue to talk about it. There's got to be some decision making in your life. And I just believe that we've come to a place even right here on this Father's Day as men. Men, I'm just telling you, God needs his men to rise up. It saddens me that Father's Day is one of the lowest attended Sundays of the year nationwide in America. And I'm just telling you, I'm so desperate, man, to see God raise up his men. And I believe it in the homes, in the church place, come on, in the workplace, that we would be models of integrity, models of destiny and example to many. There's so many kids today that need us, guys, that need a father figure. I think about what we're going to do in August. Can I tell you, 250 kids of our inner city, most of all of them have no fathers in the home. And guess what happens when we show up as men at that event? They run to the men. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a reality of what happens. You know why? Because they're craving that and they need that. I've got my own kids, but I realize, man, I'm an example for many others too. And man, I just want to, I just want to, See the pillars pushed out and not be held back by my selfishness or my wants. I want to do all that God has for me to do. And if you're a Christian today, you need to realize you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you. That God, our God is not finished with you yet, but it's time to push down some pillars. I want our ushers to come on up. We're going to do something today. And go ahead and begin to pass those out. They're going to pass out to each and every one of us index cards today. This is what I've asked them to do is pass these out. As they're passing these out, I, I want you to forget about the person on your right and your left right now. I want you to have a moment here today. And on this index card, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to get honest before God. This is not anything to do with me and you. I want you to understand that. What I'm getting ready to ask you to do is everything between you and God. This is what the Lord put on my heart this week as I was preparing for this message. That some of you need to get real radical in making some decisions in your life. And on this index card, writing what are those pillars in your life that need to come down. And I believe today in the name of Jesus, as you get honest with God, and if you'll get serious with God, I'm not talking about playing games. Man, I'm so tired of playing games. God's tired of it. But if we'll for real get serious with God, not just on a Sunday, but make a decision on Monday morning, I'm going to continue this journey 
And if you got to get help, you got to get help. And I'm going to walk this out a little bit here with you. But I want you to be honest with God. I want you to forget about who's on your right and your left today. And what are some of the pillars? Ask yourself this question. What are some of the pillars in my life that need to come down today? How are you going to do it? And I'm going to get real specific here to try to help us, to give us some more context. Because I'm a simple guy. When Bethany sends me to the store to get something, I said, baby, you're going to have to write it down or text me. I'm just simple. That's just me. All right? How many simple like me? Just need it. Just need simple. All right. So what, what, are, those, what are those pillars? For some of you, you're, these pillars, this may be some of your pillars. Maybe you're lonely right now. Maybe you're dealing with loneliness. Maybe you feel like Samson. Or you've messed up, feel like, man, I've just messed up over and over. And I, I just feel like I've done so much that I almost feel like God can't use me now. Which is a lie from the pit of hell. Let me just say that right now. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't believe that lie. For some, you're battling addictions. You need, you need some pillars to come down. Listen, you can't say I want things to be different but don't do anything about it. I'm just talking to people today that want to get serious about some things in your life. This has made enough's enough. For somebody that may be getting counseling, maybe taking a step, I believe wholeheartedly. If you need good counselors, reach out to us. Reach out to the office. We've got great connections in our city with great therapists, Christian therapists in our city. We can refer you. For some, you need to get honest with your wife. Wives, you need to get honest with your husband. Maybe some things in the marriage that are not healthy. You need to get healthy. For somebody, maybe you're going to stop being an every once in a while church attender. You say, man, I'm going to commit to God. I'm going to commit to this race. For some of us men, maybe it's, maybe it's just flat out time. You're going to be a real man of God. You're going to get your butt up on Sundays and get your family with you and start serving and making a difference with your life and leading the way. Here's what I know about Samson. What Samson did was right. He made a decision that before I go out, I'm going to see some pillars come down in Jesus' name. Here's what I know. I don't want to wait to the end of my life to see the pillars to come down. I learned from this story that God, while I'm still living and having breath, let these pillars come down today. I think about, I was talking to one of the staff this week. We were just chit-chatting a little bit about scripture. And one of the scriptures that always comes to my heart is the story about the children of Israel when God delivered them out of the hands of Egypt, out of the bondage of Egypt. If you don't know this story, this is just the simplicity of it. They're in bondage for years and years under that regime. And finally, they get delivered out of that, and God has a promised land to send them. When you study it out, it should have took them two weeks to get to the promised land. Two weeks of travel time. But instead of it taking two weeks, it took them 40 years. Here's what I know. I don't want something that should take me two weeks to get to take me 40 years to get. You should say a better amen on that. Amen, everybody. In other words, that, man, God, whatever you want to do in me, you can do it in me. That my life truly is not my own. But if you want to continue to live your life how you want, good luck. I don't recommend it. Good luck. But I'm just telling you, a life that's surrendered fully to God, God can use that life and do anything with it. I just know this. Samson made that decision. But you know what? I believe in that moment for Samson, it became an incredible, easy decision for him. He was at a place that he, he had lost it all. And again, I don't want to have to come to a place to lose it all to realize I need to make some changes in my life. Amen, everybody? 
I believe in every single one of us, every man and woman in this place, there's a dormant hero in all of us. There is, ready to rise up. Guess what? And if, if an attacker breaks in your house, guess what you're going to do? You're going to rise up protecting your family. And it's going to be not a bad day for you, but a bad day for him or her or whoever's trying to attack your house. Why? Because man, you're going to rise up to protect your family. Let it be so in your life that you rise up and push these pillars back and let Satan and all of hell know today that no longer you are going to continue down this route, but today begins a day of movement and a victory in your life in Jesus' name today. I believe this, it's easy to give your life one time. For Samson, he did this one time. But real men of God, real women of God give their lives daily to him. It's not just on Sunday. It's time to push down some pillars. I should have probably titled the message that way today. And I believe in all of you so much that I believe in what a fully surrendered life could look like. Let me even say it this way, that the world is yet to see what God can do through one man who is wholly surrendered unto him. Just telling you, men, God needs us. Women, come on, God needs you too. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8 is my last scripture and we're going to pray. Though I have fallen, I will rise. I speak this over you today in the name of Jesus. Though I may have been sitting in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Come on, will you say this verse with me, everybody? Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Come on, will you stand to your feet all over this place today? say, but man, pastor, I don't know. I've, re I've really messed up. You know, Satan's always been real good at telling me that I have nothing to say and I, I'm not qualified to be a pastor. I've never really felt qualified. My greatest moments of struggle, oftentimes before I get on this stage, is when I stand right there. The devil whispering in my ear saying, you ain't got nothing to say. And you're right. And to some level, I don't. But the God in me has plenty to say. And that's where my source is and my trust is in him. Remorse, remember, is, man, I, I shouldn't have done this. But repent means, man, I'm turning to God and I'm embracing the life that he wants for me because it's not about me. I'm going to be the man or the woman that God has called me to be. We have a saying that we say around here from time to time. It's always a good reminder that it's never too late to become what you might have been. And I'm telling you, for some of us today, today's that day. Would you just grab that index card and just put that in your hand for a minute? And let me just pray over you. Will you bow your heads with me right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you today. Lord, I just feel the seriousness of your heart today. The power of your presence that's in this room with us. God, there is nobody like you. And Father, right here in this moment, we invite you just into our situation into our life, into all that we're facing. Lord, today there's many of us on this index card that we've written down some pillars that need to fall today. And I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus, that today wouldn't just be a nice message for a Father's Day, but God, that it would be a defining moment for many of us in here today, that we would look back on June 16th of 2019 and say, now this was a day that I got serious with God. This was a day that I declared the pillars in my life are coming down, that these things are not going to continue to exalt themselves higher than God in my life any longer. 
And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak over every person your love and your grace and the encouragement of your Holy Spirit. And all of us in this room today, usually we end the services by giving a, just a moment of salvation to all of us to respond. But I think all of us, it's always good to just sometimes recommit. And so I want to lead us all in a prayer today. Because here's what I know. All of us make mistakes and all of us need more of God in our life. And for some of us, we're, we're in need of salvation today. And if you know you need Jesus in your life or you need to recommit your heart, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today. Uh, Here's what I'm going to ask you to do is pray today with me. And then in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do one more bold step of faith. And so just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sins. And I choose to push down pillars that have been holding me back. Pillars come down. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for saving me. And thank you for loving me. And thank you for loving me enough to not allow me to stay where I'm at. So this day, I choose to go forward. In Jesus' name. Amen.